Hello, and welcome to Are You Going to Eat Your Fat? This podcast is a resource dedicated to those struggling with eating disorders. If you are struggling with an eating disorder or know someone who is, maybe a brother, sister, daughter, wife, we want to be here to provide resources and offer hope. I am Dina Lewis, and I'm here with my husband, co-host, Brian Lewis. We are not doctors, but we do come with more than 20 years' history in dealing with eating disorders. Whether you found us on purpose or by mistake, whatever the case, we hope by the end of this episode you have learned something, or at least, if you are struggling, you do not feel alone. Hi, and welcome to Are You Going to Eat Your Fat? My name is Dina, and I want to welcome you guys, but I also want to say Happy New Year to everybody. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and time spent with your family and friends. I thought since it's the new year, maybe I would share a little bit of my story again, because maybe some people have come in and not heard from the very first episode on, so maybe I'll just give a short little scenario of who I am and what I've gone through with my eating disorder. So, my name is Dina. I'm 56 years old. I'm married to, obviously, my husband, Brian. That's a co-star on the show. We have five beautiful children. They age from age 24 down to age 15. We've known each other since we were I was 15 and he was 16. We dated for about 10 years in high school, and we got married when I was 26 and he was 27. So we've been married for a little over 30 years, but we've known each other for 40. So he's known me through the good, the bad, and the ugly. And some people have asked, why did Brian, and I've asked him, why did you stay throughout it all? And he said he was always hoping that the girl that he fell in love with would come back. So yeah, kind of pulls at some heartstrings there a little bit. So I was kind of thinking about how my story started. My story, I never had the intent of having an eating disorder or it going full blast like it did and what happened to my family and to me. But when I grew up, my mom was constantly on a diet. It was, she'd try this and then she'd fall off that and get on to another one. And I have three older brothers, but my three older brothers are much older than I am. There's a big age gap between us. So I was really being raised as kind of an only child. So when my mom would go on these diets, it's kind of like we, the rest of us, went on it as well. Not that I was on a diet, but She wasn't going to cook four different ways to feed everybody. So we were all going to start eating a lot healthier. And I have never had a problem with weight, but I found out later that when my mom would go on a diet and she would fall off of it, I would continue on. I'm not sure why that happened, but it did. And so I kind of, I guess, mastered it and was able to hold on to those nutritional values and reach a goal where she would kind of fall off the ladder and restart some other time with another diet plan. I remember we had gone to get our cholesterol taken, and mine was extremely high. But nobody at the time, if I look back now, no one at the time had told me that it was good cholesterol versus bad cholesterol. And to find out later that it's within the family and it's hereditary and we have high cholesterol in our family— Some of us have bad cholesterol, some of us good. Mine was good, even though it was extremely high. 
So my mom had decided, let's go talk to a nutritionist. That nutritionist decided one day to take us around a grocery store. And when she took us around a grocery store, she started categorizing food into two different kind of labels, the good food and the bad food. And I think that at that point, even though I wasn't in an eating disorder mindset, that's kind of where I started labeling food as good and bad. And things were fine for years. Like I said, I didn't need to lose weight, but we were all eating healthier. And then eventually I took it, obviously, one step farther. At times in my life, there were a lot of trauma that were never dealt with. For instance, my parents divorced when I was 13, and that was very traumatic to me. My dad was never really in my life much. Even though we lived in the same household, I would probably only see him twice a year. And then my oldest brother was 34. He got cancer, and he died within like six weeks in our home. And they were all things, obviously, when my parents divorced, I couldn't control that. When my brother died, I was very young, and I couldn't control that either. It seemed as if my family was great at coming together when there was a crisis, but not so much when it was just the day-in, day-out kind of day. And after my brother died, I remember coming home many times from work, and my brother would be screaming in pain. You know, there was nothing I could really do. I was probably like 19, 20 years old. There wasn't a lot I could do. I remember taking care of his daughter often because his wife and my parents were taking care of my brother. And, well, I don't know how to say this, but the day my brother died, it's like my whole family, the hospital bed, his clothes, everything was taken away as if nothing had ever happened. And we never, or I never dealt with my feelings and loss when it came to him. My brother was a missionary. He was a Christian, and he was very involved in religion and helping others. He was actually a missionary in Papua New Guinea, and he was translating the Bible into Pidgin English. And one of the other topics I had today was, why me? And one of those reasons was, how could this happen to my brother? He was a missionary, he was doing everything right, and then he got sick. It was absolutely heartbreaking, and to this day, it hurts me to the core. And his daughter is now a mother of five and a beautiful woman herself. And there's something about her because I think she carries on my brother's spirit. Her name's Carrie. And I want to put a shout out to her because she's helped me so much with this podcast, getting me started when we were just putting it together and we were thinking about it. She was a person I could call and be like, you know, Carrie, I don't know if I could do this. And she was the one like, yes, you can. You have a message to say. Anyway, she's a very, very important person in my life. So obviously, when I got to my worst in my eating disorder, Brian and I had just gotten married. I was like 70 pounds, 26 years old. And I think it got to its worst because I was obviously living on my own and I didn't have my mother under my foot anymore. And by the time we were married six months, I had already gotten down to like 56 pounds. I had entered my first treatment stay within six months of us getting married. I played it like a fool. I mean, I was able to get out of the facility that was in and walk, and I was able to throw my food away without them even noticing. I did gain some weight, but nothing. 
that was going to make me all better by any means. I think I got to 90 pounds. I got back home within three months of being there about $30,000 later, and I was right back to my old behaviors, thinking, I can do this. I got it. I got it all figured out. And that was the worst thing I could think of because as soon as I got into that mind frame, I knew I had lost control and I didn't know what I was doing. And I think that part of that is the manipulation of thinking like I'm in control where I was never in control. The eating disorder was in control of me the whole time. And the reason I think I gravitated towards the eating disorder was because at that time, like I've shared, there was trauma in my life that it was never dealt with. So the one thing I could control was what I put in my mouth and what I didn't put in my mouth. And the more my family got upset and worried and scared, as they should have been, the more I got angry. And the more I'll show you, I'll lose 10 more pounds, I'll lose 15 more pounds. And I would take it out on myself instead of dealing with what was going on at the time and how I was feeling because my family didn't deal with feelings. We didn't know. I didn't know what those were. We never talked about that kind of stuff. We just kind of pushed it under the rug and moved on. And I'm not blaming my family for that. I'm not blaming my family for not dealing with my brother's death. It was a terrible time. It was a difficult time. They did their very best. But I'm just sharing my experiences at that time. I'm not blaming anybody at all. After my first treatment stay, I came back home. I fell into my old patterns again. And now we're talking, I need to go get help again. We've run out of money. What are we going to do? I was told I better get help fast or I'm not going to make it much longer. I knew that. But at the same time, the fear is what was setting me back. You know, I want to get better, but what does feeling better feel like? What is that? It's been so long since I felt good that maybe it wasn't worth it. My parents were retired at the time. They didn't have the money for me to go into treatment. So my brothers would give their paychecks to my husband in order for me to go into the next treatment stay, which that one worked. And I don't like to pat myself on the back because I do feel like it is still my fault that I got this eating disorder. I participated in it, but it is a disease at the same time. So I have a hard time, you know, my husband will remind me it's a disease. It's like any other disease, you know, it takes over. But I felt like at some point I could have made a choice to not do some of the things that I did and hurt some of the people I did. But I'm hoping with what I've done in the last 20 years, I've shown people that I've earned their trust back, that I'm living a different lifestyle. They can believe in me. But I still wanted to kind of go back to questions that I asked myself and I came across when I was doing a little research is like, again, why me? Why did this happen to me? Had I not gone through enough already, I would plead with God and say, look, I had a car accident. My parents divorced. My brother died. What more could I go through? Why this? Why me? Why now? I still ask myself sometimes, what was the point of the eating disorder? Did I learn something from it? Why can't I exercise like everybody else? Why do I fixate on food where other people can eat whatever they want and maybe they don't even think about it? Why do I focus on the image of my body? Why is that so important to me? 
Why can't I go on diets like other people do? It can go on and on and on. And the rational side of me can say, it's okay. Everybody goes through struggles. And then the irrational side of me, which is more often that I hear, is the reason it happened is because you're stupid. You're an idiot. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not worth it. You're ugly. Those are the messages that I usually hear that I have to tell it to shut the heck up. I just want you guys to know that it is a struggle, and I understand the struggle. I've been there. I've done it. I can tell you that recovery is possible. I've lived it. I live it every single day. It's There's not a day I don't think about it, but there's a lot more peace in my life than there was 20-something years ago. So sometimes when you replace the why of why this is happening to me with what is this trying to teach me, everything kind of shifts. And there was a point in treatment where I remember Brian calling me and I was complaining about eating this or what was happening. And he said to me, I don't deserve this anymore. You know, you have to get better. I'm not going to go through this one more time. I've already been through this twice with you. I'm not going to do it again. And it really hit me and it shocked me. And it was just like, he's right. I have to think about now, why is this happening to me and feeling sorry for myself and becoming the victim of this disease rather than saying, what can I do? What is it teaching me? How can I get better? What can I do? What are the steps I can take? And I saw some lyrics of a song. I have not listened to the song, but I was just reading the lyrics. The song is by a group named Simple Plan. And it says that the song is untitled, but I was reading through it and it really struck me because I felt a lot of these feelings. So I thought I would read them to you guys to see what you thought. So I'm not going to read all the lyrics, just a portion, but it says, how could this happen to me? I've made my mistakes, got nowhere to run. The night goes on as I'm fading away. I'm sick of this life. I just want to scream. How could this happen to me? Everybody's screaming. I try to make a sound, but no one hears me. I'm slipping off the edge. I'm hanging by a thread. I want to start this over again, so I try to hold on to a time when nothing mattered. And I can't explain what happened. I can't erase the things that I've done. No, I can't. How could this happen to me? And I remember feeling some of these exact feelings, especially when it was, I'm hanging by a thread, I'm slipping off the edge, I'm screaming and no one can hear me. And I felt like I was, but I was just so embodied by the disease and so frozen that it was too scared to take. I would take one step forward and three steps back. I've explained that in the middle of the night, I would wake up with Charlie horses and cramps and I would clutch my hand to my heart and wonder if I was going to make it through the night. And then the next day would come and the sun would shine through the window and I'd go right back to my old behaviors. And then the process would just repeat itself. I do remember... I don't know if this kind of relates to my eating disorder, but it's kind of what struck me at one time when we lived in Utah. At one point, we had become Mormon, and we were going through some classes, and another couple was with us. And unfortunately, the husband of the couple had passed away, and I remember attending his funeral, and everybody was obviously saying, well, why does this happen? How could he die already? You know, he was such a kind man and stuff. And I remember thinking in the back of my head when I got up and spoke at his funeral, why not him? 
I mean, I'm not saying it in a mean way, like he didn't deserve to die, but the same thing with me. Why not me going through this? God had a bigger picture, and obviously this gentleman that we knew in the church, you know, of course God wanted him. He could do great things up there. And maybe God chose me so that one day, 20 years later down the road, I could do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to remind you and explain to you guys again that the reason we started this podcast is to help and to provide hope for families, not just the addicts, but for the families as well, because you guys struggle just as much. It's a family disease. It's a silent killer. And my focus and what I would like to do in my lifetime is to bring awareness to the world that there are eating disorders out there and there are people that are really suffering and families that are suffering. I hope that we can bring hope to you all by providing this podcast. I hope that people can relate, whether you're dealing with alcoholism, drugs, an eating disorder, whatever it can be, whatever you're using as your coping mechanism, whether it's food, alcohol, drugs, whatever, I think we all can relate. Our stories are the same. What we're dealing with is different, but our stories are the same. And, you know, you guys have brought me a lot of peace by doing this. I wish I could have done this 20 years ago, but it wasn't at a time where I could have been strong enough in my recovery to share my story. I really hope that we're reaching out to people that we can continue this as long as we can. I hope that all of you know that it's a process. It's not perfection. It's a process. You know, it's an everyday struggle and that you're not alone and that I'm right here, that if you need to contact me or Brian at eatthatfat at gmail.com, please reach out to us. If you're looking for a place to go to and you just don't know where to start, reach out to us. We'll help you find a place where you live that can help you. I just want to thank you guys for everything that you've done. We have some great surprising things coming up soon. For Christmas, my oldest daughter and my husband started a website for me, so I'm going to share that with everybody soon. But we got some merch coming up soon to share with everybody. And I'm also going to be talking about in January some more things about eating disorder awareness. This week is coming up in the end of February, beginning of March. And, you know, I just hope that all of you know that how much I care and support you guys. And thank you again for supporting us and all the listeners. And there's a lot of them out there. There's California, and we got Singapore, and we have Africa, and Switzerland, Idaho, Iowa. Uh, I'm just trying to remember a few I'm going through. I know there's many more, and I'm just blanking out. But I just think each one of you are important to us, and we're so, so grateful for you. So anyway, remember, I have a Facebook group. Are you going to eat that fat on Facebook? Please come and join. I try and put uplifting things on there for everybody. but. Anyway, I want to thank you all, and I hope you have a great week. And we're going to end it with serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Keep coming back. It works if you work it, so work it. You are worth it. See you guys. Have a great one. Bye. Thank you for joining us. If you found this podcast useful, or we have given you hope, and you want to reach out and contribute, feel free to do so at eatthatfat at gmail.com. That's eatthatfat at gmail.com. Our pledge to you is that every penny that we get in contributions goes to production costs and keeping the lights on. 
We will not pay ourselves, but anything above and beyond production costs will go to benefit organizations that specialize in eating disorders. Please reach out to us if you need resources or you just need to talk. You are not alone and there are people who care. Keep coming back. It works if you work it, so work it, you are worth it. <music>